Welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. I'm here with Sauce, and uh, you've dressed up for the occasion tonight, Sauce. The old button-up shirt uh, in the studio. I don't know why. Well, I just disappointed you didn't uh, meet the attire of uh, uh, Smart Formal. Smart oh, formal. Smart Formal. I smart didn't get formal. I didn't get that memo throughout oh, the week, but the memo just, I did get... you're not a smart bloke, mate. <laughs> the memo I did get is the, the bloody chill in the air Ooh. this week leading into winter. Ooh. Today, the 1st of June on the Wednesday. First day of winter, but the colder day was yesterday. It was it was freezing. Uh, the colder day was last week when we were talking about our bets. <laughs> That's where there was some chill in the room there. Uh, but yeah, it definitely the um, the feel of the weather pairs really indicates football is back that midpoint of the season that's when it starts to get a little bit chilly you get to rug up on the uh the saturday night in front of the couch get a couple of the, the good cold ones you know that good balance of warm and cold a couple of the very best watch the footy and uh this was a cracking weekend of footy pairs yeah well we were a bit somber at the start of last week and uh we got some feedback uh from the fan source and uh there was a lot of agreeance in, in terms of what we were saying in terms of the rules and things like that now it wasn't a quick fix so there were still things paid that you don't want to be paid. There were too many, uh, too many free kicks paid in certain games. But there were actually some really good games of football just to sit down and watch, especially if your team wasn't playing. You know when you get those really great games and you're just hooked to the TV. The first game I want to speak about is a Friday night, Sydney versus Richmond. There was uh, some, some very big news at the end with uh, a lot of people disagreeing on Twitter, which we'll get to. But... That game, Sydney actually, you know, dominated a, 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 the start of the game, but Richmond kicking so straight and moving inside forward fifty, their efficiency was through the roof, and they actually had a big lead heading in. Yeah, Pez, correct. It was a week after we, as you said, we were a bit somber about it, and we said, you know what, we, we, you know, it's one of those things where the the free kicks and the way the game's been played, but when there's good footy around Pez and there's a competitive brand of footy and, and close games help with that. You forget all that. Uh, you know, it was a little bit hard to forget uh, about the umpires in that game because it has been such a big talking point. But the, you're right, the, the inaccuracy of Rich, um, sorry, of Sydney really cost them a big league and they were able to claw their way back uh, with Buddy, some of his best um, outside of his um, <laughs> uh, interesting uh, move uh, to retaliate to Cochin with a nice little headbutt first and then a... I don't know how they're doing that was uh, unintentional because he took two swings. <laughs> how can you say it was unintentional? Unintentional gets a week, but uh, we don't talk about the tribunal. No, we don't, we don't, band, exactly right. Uh, at half-time, Richmond were 11-2, and that's how accurate they actually were. And Sydney was 6-7. So same scoring shots, but Richmond head into half-time with a 25-point lead. And I actually lost interest at that stage. I thought, you know what, this is this is a little bit over. So I uh, switched it over, had a little bit of a little bit of a kip, you know, getting old <laughs> these days, had a bit of a kip into the third <laughs> quarter, and then woke up, checked the scores, and was like, oh, I've got to get back here and watch the end of the third quarter and into the fourth. And uh, by golly, I'm glad I did. Well, that third quarter when they started coming, Pez, I had that uh, deja vu, thinking back to the week before when I left your place uh, because it was a rubbish game against Carlton. Yeah. And they started getting about, and I'm like, here we go. This is this is, this is is it. We're going to have the deja vu. And I still wasn't sold, but the way that they piled it on and the way that just, you know, how uh, a little bit of accuracy changed the whole dynamics of a game. And then going into that last quarter, being able to be that topsy-turvy, one team hit the lead, the other team hit the lead. And then what a finish, Pez. You know, we have to talk about it, but it was, it was a great finish and uh, well defended up until 
until that last um, that last uh, brain fade is how some people are labelling it. Yeah, so Sydney uh, ten goals to four in the in the second half to oh. actually storm home and and win by the six points. Well, they were up by two goals towards the end. Richmond pegged one back and then tried to, you know, get the get the lead at the end. So a questionable free kick uh, goes to Prestia out on the wing, probably eighty meters out. I'd say, uh, for some high contact. And we saw some vision during the No, no, the it wasn't for high contact. It was for holding the man, holding the man. So it wasn't Oh, the high contact was missed from Prestia. It was missed from That's Prestia, why I wanted yeah. you to say that, Sauce. But the umpire was in the centre square. He was uh, a fair while away with some vision of behind-the-ground cameras. Uh, he was a fair way away. So he's got very, very good eyesight. So he must have to do some really good tests to, to be able to umpire because he was facing the back of the players as well. But anyway, Prestia gets the free kick. Two seconds, three seconds on the clock, Sauce. The time goes down. The siren sounds at the ground. And Chad Warner has the ball in his hand. In celebration, boots the ball sideways into the stands. I would have gone 60, 70 metres into the stands, I reckon. His biggest kick he's ever done. And uh, the Richmond players were begging for 50 metres. They thought it was so obvious. And the umpire held their ground, was speaking in the mic to the other umpires, and they've decided, Dion, do you want to take your kick from 80 metres out? There's no 50 here. Do you know what I like about it? It was the, the next line after that. when and He's talking to Dustin Martin, I think it is, and, and he, he just uses says, come on, mate, common sense. And that's exactly why I'm okay with the decision. Technically, yeah, I guess. He's booted the ball out of the stadium, and Chad Warner's getting a little bit of a reputation for uh, things outside of the SDG because he kicked the ball out of the stadium, and he basically was he was found outside of the stadium during the uh, <laughs> the Buddy Franklin game. So one to watch uh, for his off-field antics more. He's but been learning from Dane Rampey, who <laughs> ramped up the post uh, that other year as well. Sydney always seem to get involved in these sort of little uh, controversies. But do you know what I like is that line, is that, that common sense aspect. And... He clearly hasn't heard the siren or the whistle. Sorry, he clearly hasn't heard the whistle. Otherwise, he wouldn't boot the ball into the stand like that. Especially if you're six points up, you've got to be you've got to be smart and not, not be able to do but, that. But, it, but even if he has hasn't heard the whistle, right? Let's let's say he let's say he has heard the whistle. Why, why is he booting? Why is he booting it? He's not getting any advantage from it. That's the only time they kick is when they think it's their free kick. He's, he's What's celeb- he doing? He's, he's celebrating <laughs> a, a win that, that he thought. And the thing about common sense sources, as everyone knows, it's not, not everyone so has it. <laughs> it's not so common, and umpires usually don't have it either. But um, a lot of talk on Twitter this week, and I, I spent a lot of Saturday morning source having a look trolling. At, That's what you do. Isn't having it? a look through Twitter and just seeing what what the fans were thinking, and I could not believe it because I'm on the side. 50 metres there, ruins ruins the game. Yeah, yeah, it's not a 50 metre penalty. It doesn't mean you can just go do whatever you want after the siren. But in this case, common sense, you couldn't have heard it. Um, you go from there. People were going back to uh, Essendon versus Fremantle. Halftime, uh, the Essendon player had the free kick on the wing. And the Fremantle player, I think it was Sukowski at the time, put the ball down at the fence. The siren had already gone for the end of the second quarter. And the umpire paid 50 then. So then some people's argument source was this. I I don't care what's right or wrong. I just want consistency. So if they paid that 50 metre after the siren, then they have to pay this 50 metre after the siren. What, in and ten, 10 years differential. And I'm thinking, no, not 10 years. That was a few rounds ago. And I'm thinking, are you, I, I don't know if we've got PG on this or whatever. Are you serious? Because that is the most ridiculous comment that I think I've ever heard. I, I don't care if the umpire is right. I just want consistency. <laughs> no, you don't. You want no, no, if the you, umpire was you want wrong. Con- you then, want consistency within a game, and you want it from week to week with all of the penalty emphasis are. 
but not when it not when it ruins games. If you pretty much admit that that call was wrong, then, then that's you, what want, you want you want the you want the umpire to call it wrong again seven weeks later because it's consistent. No, that's not what we want. Consistency. No, no, it says that is what I want. I want the first call of the game wrong, and then I want every single call for the rest of the game wrong. Oh, because you've got to be consistent. He's been doing it all day in in that first ball up. You know that. (laughs) It is, Pez. And for a show that doesn't like talking about the umpires, we have uh, started off on it. But uh, I like your little rant there towards Twitter. But it wasn't wasn't just the the Friday night game that started off, Pez. Oh, you liked another one? Liked another one. I liked the... uh, you know, the top of the table, Pez, and uh, we may have jinxed them. We may have jinxed them. Um, we should have put the odds out on Donut Bet because we would have got some uh, nice little profit from this one with uh, Fremantle coming home. Well, not coming home, actually. Getting a win at the MCG, something that they don't do very often. They don't play there very and often. And what everyone says, Pez, if you need to be a contender and you need to be believed, you need to win at the MCG on grand final day. Well, they've done it in, uh, um, what, May? <laughs> Does that count? Against the team that had won 16 in a row. Seven, Premiership favourites. in a row. We decided last week. <laughs> Easily. They, it was a 68-point turnaround source. Yeah, wow. They were down by five goals. And it looked like Melbourne were just going to kick away. Stephen May's uh, gone off down the race, subbed out. And then Fremantle just hit the switch after half time. It was uh, unbelievable to watch the defensive thing. They held Melbourne to 56 points. Yeah. 56 points in four quarters. But do you know what it is, Piers? It's the blue point mo- blueprint model of what we've talked about. If you can control the football against Melbourne you don't let them have it, then you've got a good chance of winning it. Because what Melbourne do is they just don't let you have it. And them outscoring, uh, sorry, outkicking um, Melbourne and, you know, most of their most of their midfielder averaged 10 marks because they just kicked the ball, hold, kick the ball, hold, kick the ball, hold, and then they go. With As well as that, a defensive mindset, they were able to really pile it on in that last quarter and break away. And a little bit, is it, is it concerning for Melbourne, Pez? The only concerning thing I would say is... Uh, Teams know if we can hold Petrarca, yeah, he had ten disposals, which is the lowest of his career. If we can hold him below fifteen disposals, he can't have an impact on the game. Clayton Oliver, he had the ball thirty six times. Source they only scored fifty six points and they lost by thirty eight. So, if you're going to tag someone, you've got to try and get Petrarca. I know he can play forward. I know he's more versatile than Oliver. But if you can have him not make an impact on the game, uh, you're in with a fighting hope against him. Yeah, you are, Pez. And, you know, obviously, is May going out in that second quarter a factor as well? Maybe the, is that what people need to start to look at? You know, utilising and really you know, stopping Petrarca's impact, but then also stopping May's impact. Because their back line looked in a little bit of sorts with, without May there, and obviously it's hard to plan for a mid-game injury like that. But they really came undone, and maybe that's another way to target, uh, you know, un- underpinning Melbourne. Yeah, you can't bomb the ball against the May and Lever well, usually, uh, and teams usually do do it because they're under so much pressure from the midfield source. But Fremantle were able to control that ball in the second half. They were able to uh, get free, get the chain of handballs, keep keep the ball moving forward, not just stagnating and letting Melbourne get back. And they were finding holes in that forward fifty, and and that's the way they were able to kick away. So, is it concerning for Melbourne? Yes, because they only scored fifty six points. But in in the whole scheme of things, this this one loss doesn't define uh, their season and they're still the premiership favourite and if they have to play against Fremantle on the MCG they'll be pretty heavy heavy favourites come finals time so uh, Fremantle have to continue to work and, and do some things and it's uh, it's just good to have Melbourne knocked off the perch for a little bit and uh, Fremantle coming up as a a is, bit is, is it good for the rest of the league that they get this loss now, Pez? Like, they're refocusing, about to come up with another top four, you know, a top eight contender in Sydney next week. Uh, the refocus after a pretty dismal performance? Doesn't worry me because I'm not a Swan supporter, but yeah. if you're a Swan supporter, you're probably not no. too keen to be out there playing. I think if you're week. the rest of the league, it's, uh, you know, putting them on notice. We debated earlier in the year, Pez, whether it was good for them to go, when they, their first loss was good to have, and if even the first a loss was good to have. <sighs> 
Oh, well, now yeah. that it's happened, it's bad. It shouldn't oh. have. <laughs> Well, it's, it's happened, it's there, it's at the MCG and it's the only time Fremantle play there this year uh, unless they play, have to play there in finals. And I'm guessing the third game you were talking about last week, Sauce, was Golden State Warriors versus Dal- Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, I just wanted to, to um, address your bet, Pez. Uh, Steph Curry hit a, a three-pointer in the first quarter and then uh, one in the third and that was about it. Uh, yeah, and Disappointing. He, did, he didn't get his three, but... Um, uh, I hope you put that down in your ROI, Pez. Uh, definitely, definitely included an ROI, ROI talk coming up soon oh, yes, uh, after yes. Sauce's third favourite game of the week. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, I don't know if it was my third favourite game. It was just an amazing uh, quarter of footy, realistic, and, and another big turnaround. And it wasn't just the aspects of it being a comeback. 80,000, Sunday afternoon, decent sort of weather pairs, Carlton versus Collingwood, old-time rivals, everything was electric, and a four-point win to the, to the Magpies. And, uh, you know, really concerning stuff for, for the Blues, who have started the season so, so great, uh, to lose to the, the Crosstown rivals. Yeah, the biggest concern was, uh, well, Collingwood's goal kicking at the start. They were missing some absolute easy goals uh, straight in front, um, especially uh, Ginovan, our, our friend as well. He was missing a couple couple that he would usually kick and, you know, quieten in the crowd. There was over 80,000 people there uh, on this Sunday, 3.20, middle of the day. So absolutely unbelievable crowd. Just the belief that the Carlton fans have and the Collingwood fans have after beating oh, Freeman the week before. Um, but... You've, you've got to think Collingwood needed to take their chances and then you're like, all right, that's done. But then in the third quarter, Carlton couldn't, couldn't score, but they come roaring home in the last with five goals and Collingwood had to re-steady and uh, it was anyone's game at the end there and uh, Silvani snaps it over his shoulder and doesn't doesn't go through, doesn't go close, but uh, everyone would have been up on their feet and Carlton supporters devastated and Collingwood fans over the moon. Yeah, not just devastated with the loss, Pez, uh, also the loss of Wiedering and uh, that shoulder, it was a huge worry in a couple of the message groups. I've got a couple of the Blues boys uh, mates in there and they were extremely concerned and tell you what, the lid was nailed back on during that text message threads uh, uh, just before even the results had come out about it. Well, he's been, you know, struggling to get an All-Australian Guernsey his whole career and uh, this injury doesn't really help him again because there was no way anyone was going to keep him out of all Australian uh, centre half back or full back this season uh, until his shoulder just you know did a little pop out in a in a bump and he, he was gone for the day and he opened them up and Collingwood you know could have taken advantage and sealed the game there Carlton were, were able to come back and there's been patches in Carlton games where I've, I've been a little bit worried about him but They've been a little bit inconsistent, but you're missing Harry McKay, your best centre-half forward, and you're missing Jacob Breeder, you know, your best centre-half back. So uh, we'll see what Carlton have to bring and if they are a contender for top four or not. Talking about top four, Pez, exactly the halfway season point of the season. You know, the top four looks Melbourne, Brisbane, Fremantle, St Kilda. You'd oh, be very, you'd very be happy with that. That's not bad, But you're rounding out the eight. Carlton, Geelong, Sydney, Western Bulldogs. Any big surprises there? Probably Fremantle being so high. Well, you got Richmond and Collingwood on the exact same points as well uh, as yeah. the Bulldogs. So you've got there the the surprise that you'd have is Fremantle up so high. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they were in the eight, but uh, in the top four, a lot of people would be surprised about that. Um, and maybe maybe Collingwood with the amount of wins that they've had this season as well. They've they've done well for quite a young list. Yeah, I think the turnaround from Collingwood and the um the the, the turnaround from Essendon. I think that's a big, big point. I think that people aren't talking about it enough. I know there's been a lot of investigation uh, about what's been going on there, but for them to only have two wins uh, and they're on a four game losing streak and after playing finals last year, yeah, really concerning for them. Um, I think that Hawthorne have been pretty impressive with with their young list. That's a that's a pass. Hawthorne's a pass for sure. Yep. Gold Coast, do they play finals? Maybe 
they've they've had some good wins up there. And their fortress. Uh, uh, at Darwin uh, on the weekend against Hawthorne, yeah. who looked good. They've uh, absolutely slaughtered them. So uh, looking good. But you know who else has slaughtered the competition source is uh, myself and you in uh, in our betting because uh, just out on, on Twitter this week, we've, we've posted out the ROI and I haven't been seeing a lot of ROI posts on Twitter source. So the media manager was instructed to, <laughs> you know, calculate the units and put the units out because a lot of, a lot of people on Twitter, for whatever reason, they just want to put the units out because they don't want to uh, influence people to be betting $50 or $500 yep. or yep. $5. So you can bet in your means whatever you want and whatever your units are, you bet that and this is how many units up you will be. So yeah, I guess the ROI is not a, not a term that is used a lot in terms of uh, jumping on board and supporting someone else's bet pairs. I mean, it's a, a good metric when you're looking at how much money versus how much money you've brought back in and giving a percentage of, okay, well, this is the percent of money that I am winning. But if you're looking at units and representing a, um, I guess, a symbol to represent your um, number amount, uh, and it also helps with how confident you are too. You see a lot of the time, uh, you know, I guess our standard unit pairs is, is about 25 bucks. Yeah, uh, just on the on the bet slip there, and uh, the max fifty would be a, a two unit bet. So exactly, right. and you see a lot of people out on Twitter do that. So uh, looking at the the units around on, on Twitter, if you, if you're up about ten units, people are usually pretty happy with themselves. Yeah, well, we'd be wrapped then, Pez. Oh, we'd be we'd be ecstatic. So, source, you're up eighteen point seven five units, which is uh, not not too shabby. But hey, 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 hang on a tick. We, when we aim, so what what does that mean? Our ROI for the year normally it's a ten percent. What would the unit be wise? I don't know if I thrown you on the spot there. No, it's, it's, it doesn't it doesn't affect that. Doesn't like you can it. have you can have plus a hundred units, but your ROI can be ten percent depending on how much ah, money okay. you stake. Yep, cool, so that's cool. why I guess people don't really understand the ROI. But uh, I guess for the rest of the season, we'll see how we go. We'll put the units out there. Uh, just to see if uh, people on Twitter can have a have a little bit of a look and, and see because myself, we haven't gone through the the bet review yet. No, we haven't. I'm plus fifty nine point five three units. So you think of that it's multiplied 50, by twenty five. Fifty nine multiplied by twenty five. You you're looking at a decent uh, one and a half grand. So uh, with small stakes, that, that's how much money is made. So you think if your if your unit is hundred dollars mm-hmm. do a hundred times fifty nine. That's how much money you would be up if you followed every single one of Pez's bets, or your your unit times eighteen point seven five. That's how much you'd be up if you followed every one of Source bets, and if you followed both of them, you'd, you'd be up a fair bit. Yeah, you'd be up pretty well, seventy seven yep. units or, or so. So um, you, you're always going to lose in in punting. You're going to lose some bets. You can't win a hundred percent of your bets, but what you can do is you can make smart plays, and I, I think halfway mark during the season is a, is a great way to see it and to be that many units up uh when people speak about it on twitter is, is a really good achievement and hopefully uh if you're listening to the show you can jump on twitter at behind the bound and uh show us some love and give us some likes you don't have to follow along with the bets you take your own advice and you listen to us you listen to someone else you look at someone else's twitter and you make your own choice of what you bet but this is just the the real stats and the facts and we, we can't hide from them because, you know, we don't delete our tweets and they're all there for everyone to see. So it's a great achievement. It is a great achievement. I like how well that you've talked about that, Pez. Now we're going to get into the bet review where you're going to focus on that little sad-faced emoji that you've got there, the the non-shining sun, I think it is. It's a, that's a new little emoji, Pez, but we'll discuss that during our bet review. Official review. It's no official review. How does it end? 
Yeah, I haven't really <laughs> seen what that is yet from the from the media manager. The, have they? Um, you just talked him up, peasant. He's got this little. Uh, I don't even know what that is. That must be updated all the emojis. Has he? You know, halfway point was when we were going to sign the media manager on or not. So I wonder if he's if he's going to get a gig. Well, I mean, we'll he's follow, he followed your advice with the units, Pez. I guess so we'll see how he does with the the new structure, and we'll give him a couple more weeks, and then we might sign him on for another. Another year, but let's get let's get into the bets anyway, Pez. Uh, reviewing these ones, and uh, as you said, we, we, hopefully after that little spiel there, it's a lot of winners. So we'll start things off with the Friday night, Pez. I had a hundred bucks down in the Sydney Richmond game, uh, fifty dollars on Callum Mills to get more disposals than Jaden Short, and he was looking really good until he was uh, up eight to two. Yeah. He's killing it in the first quarter. Killing it, uh, but not to be. He ended up losing by four disposals, and I had Ooh. Sydney head-to-head with Blue Bet, which paid out at $1.59. So uh, 50% stake for that one, Pez. Uh, well, 50% win rate, uh, strike rate, I should say, for that one. Uh, yeah, you, you escaped pulled, with about 29 bucks in you, my pocket. You pulled some money uh, out of that, which was good. I had a $50, $50 max bet as well with my little four, four-legger four alternate lines, alternate totals, and I thought it was looking really bad with you know, Sydney plus 14 and a half because Richmond were kicking away. But it ended up coming in with those three. And the one that lost was my under 198.5, which I didn't expect it to be that high. Uh. With Richmond uh, kicking that accurately, you take that one on the head. Uh, I got it wrong. There you go. The cross... I've got a bonus bet for later in the round. You wear that one, Pez. All right, on to something that uh, seems to be a bit of a, a trend this year, Pez, is uh, winning the... Uh, cheeky! We, we've done it a few times, and for me, I had a, a, a $6 bet that I whacked the cheeky 10 on, Pez, and it got up uh, pretty easily, actually. GWS to, to kick with uh, race to the first three goals, plus 32.5. Um, we know they got within, um, I think it was about, uh, well, they were up for most of the most of the first half. And then Stephen Keneally had to get uh, 25 or more disposals, Interesting, Pez. that one. Love that one. Now, I had a look at your cheeky because I, I had a look at my cheeky and I also won mine. But uh, I looked at the stats after the game, said full time and Canelio for 24 disposals. And I didn't I decided not to message your source because I knew you'd be shattered. And then I, I was I, smashed. Does that count? <laughs> I, I had a check on, on Sunday. Yeah, correct. And He's been adjusted up to 25, so uh, you love that. I got our and media manager to call up uh, the <laughs> AFL and said, hey, there's a couple of times here that. Uh, that you've missed his disposal. And, and you, you take a cheeky. But uh, a couple of messages throughout the week about my cheeky source. It was $8.71 power played, uh, the little cheeky there. I had 25 on it as well, which was really nice to get that little bit of extra cash. And uh, people were like, you're spot on with your bet because, you know, Brisbane didn't do the line. I did the alternate line. Had Toby Green to kick two plus goals. He did it in the first quarter. And then over 199.5, which ended up sailing through. There was 80, 80 plus points in the first quarter source there. So we yeah. were uh, absolutely spot Incredible on Incredible first quarter. We both we both actually nailed that, Pez. And uh, the thing that I like the best is that the media manager did his job there. But what it meant is in the second game that the AFL were too busy reviewing the GWS Brisbane game looking for disposals, which means they missed my Tommy Atkins one with, oh. his, with his 17 tackles. He got stuck on uh, 14 and couldn't get that 15 across. But Couldn't get the 15, but Sauce, looking at your bet there, <laughs> we spoke about it last week. I got the wrong you forward again. the wrong forward again. <laughs> so this week I'm going to be on Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> and then Hawkins will come in. And yeah, but Tommy, Tommy Stewart, he doubled his disposal rate. So what it means with the AFL, uh, spending too much time making sure my cheeky got up, uh, missed two leagues, so no bonus well, bet for me. And what I'm thinking 50. is you should get a bonus. So sports bet, if uh, you have a player, Tom Stewart, 20 plus disposals, you got 40, so you might as well say that's two leagues up and... You get a bonus back there, yeah. maybe. If you got sixty, you you win the bet. Nice little two pack of donuts there, Pez. <laughs> uh, some jelly and jam, and you're all good. Don't, uh, don't you bring that up again <laughs> this week. What about you, Pez? In uh, those next couple of games? <laughs> nah, well, I had to steer clear for the Geelong Adelaide, the Melbourne Fremantle, yep. and the West Coast Bulldogs, which yep. I'm disappointed in myself in. 
that I didn't yeah. even chuck out a live bet because I loved this line at minus 40 and a half and they ended up winning by 101 points. And anything against West Coast at the moment is absolute gold and a moneymaker. So, uh, it really is. Especially if it's below 40 or, or somewhere around there. So I'll be having a look especially at that Especially if you can week. get the Eagles at home, Pez, because obviously that line is a little bit uh, a little bit lower. But but the way that they're playing and the confidence, they're, they're an absolute shambles. And uh, the Doggies needed to get that 100 point. That's where you need to guarantee it because... They, bu- they jumped up 11% because Ooh, of that win, and it's something you handy. need to do. It's very handy at the top. You need to guarantee that, and I'm glad uh, Geelong played them twice. So. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. The next game on the, on the Saturday night was Gold Coast Hawthorne uh, source, and you just paid out half-time. Bang. Pairs, I, to- I told you the bookies had this one wrong. There was an overreaction from the Hawthorne game, and for them to be $1.78 the way they're playing, uh, I think it was. I thought it was free cash, and, and it was. Yeah, I... I did my three leg same gamer here, and I had I said Hawthorne wouldn't lose by more than thirty one, but they actually absolutely got smashed, nearly double that. So uh, I was wrong there with another max, and you got to be wondering, Pez is struggling this week with uh, two max losses, uh, but. I won the cheeky as well, so I'm up and about. You're up and about. Uh, I steered cleared from the, the Saints game, the Pies game, and the Essendon game. As we spoke on there, there wasn't a lot of things to, to bet on. I did mention that I was going to have a, a crack at the Blues, but after seeing the late list come out, I was a little bit not confident, so steered oh. cleared from those three. Very very good with that, but uh, I had St Kilda. I used one of my bonuses that I got in the week, minus 43 and a half. Uh, they won by 50-odd points against North, who aren't a very good side, so... <laughs> I got my $50 back for that. My other one, I decided to put it on Carlton minus eight and a half. And uh, if, I don't know, ifs and buts, Jacob Wiedering stays or Collingwood kick, it doesn't matter. Collingwood won in the end, so that bonus goes and that $50. And then I had a, a bet return and I was, you're not going to really, I was 21 minutes because it's on my alternate account. I, I said, can you check my ultimate, alternate account to uh, the account holder? <laughs> Opened up the, the sports bet. Um Oh, yeah, your bet expires in 21 minutes. And that was on the oh. Saturday night. So I was like, I've got to be quick here. What am I going to do? I ended up going St Kilda to lead every quarter and Carlton won to 39, which what I see as a free hit because if yeah. I waited 21 more minutes, I wouldn't have even had that bet mm-hmm. return. And the first one got up and then Carlton lost by the four points. So no good for the bet return on that free hit. Yeah, no good for the bet return, Pez. And uh, what was no good for my multi was Melbourne. Uh, it was the only league that I missed and uh, with Fremantle's comeback and the way that they dominated that uh, last quarter. I had Sydney, Melbourne, G- uh, Gold Coast and Port Adelaide. As I said, Melbourne lost, which means I lose the 50, but I do have a bonus, which I've, uh, I think I found some value this week, Pez. Uh, you got a bonus, which is good. I, I had a the eight-leg multi with uh, Moneyball, and I stayed away from Carlton Collingwood with uh, good intentions there, and it worked out. But the Melbourne Demons, $1. twenty there, didn't work out for me, and I got seven out of eight on, on that, and uh, the $25 goes begging because that would have been handy multiplied by six. Yeah, definitely would have, Pez. Speaking of handy, I, we speak to our year-to-date, Pez. For the round, I staked 260, returned 228.50. A losing round, an ROI of 12.17. And for the year, Pez, staked $1,971.01 and returned $2,439.96. A nice little ROI of 23.79 or, as you said, Pez, 18.5 units. Oh, you you got to love it if it's like that. Now, what did I go? I went only $160. So we kind of reversed this week, didn't we? We did. Uh, return 267 trying to catch you. 75 cents, an ROI of 67%. I also included the loss of the Steph Curry bet, or the $10 oh, source, just, just for you. Um, and my year-to-date, I've staked $2,625 with the small stakes. So it adds up over 11 rounds, and I've returned $4,113.37. <laughs> 
ROI 56.69%, or as we said before, 59.53 units, which is around $1,500 if you're you're playing at home. Yeah, Pez, and uh, I like that you've done the old humble brag there on me on, uh, on the messages, and you said, you know what? Uh, I, I included the Steph Curry there, but if I hadn't have, cheeky little, uh, <laughs> what did you say, 70-something percent? Yeah, I'm sure you've got it memorised. 78%, 78.65 to be uh, precise there, Source. Exactly right, Pez. All right, speaking of precise, Pez, I love the analytics that you've gone through in terms of explaining the ROI, explaining the bet units. Pez, hopefully you're in depth with your next one and you can help some of our punters at home get a nice little uh, kitty building of their own. The fact that the size of the bets was relatively small. Our bets with an opportunity about 50 metres out. I was with a mate and um, we were getting, getting sort of ready to leave and he, he said, um, I think I'm going to whack 10 on, on Maxi. Do you want do you want some as well? And I, I said... to start things off, Pez, and help our punters go through all of those specials, including our favourite and our new betting agency, Donut Bet. Cyril takes a special and goes bang! Well, Donut Bet is very, very special. But to make the special's just following along with us, isn't it? <laughs> to, to make things pretty easy for yourself, just follow at Behind the Bound on Twitter. If you don't have an account, just make an account, give us a follow, uh, turn notifications on, and, you, and you'll get a little betting specials graphic each week. And uh, it's quite handy. Uh, so Sportsbet, Ladbrokes, Neds, and Bet365 Source haven't changed Good. in about three or four weeks. So the same things there, Bet Returns, same leg multis on certain days. So you got to have a look at what it is. Tab. The favourite one still, three-plus leg head-to-head multi. One fails, you get a bonus back. And Source, you took advantage of that uh, last week. They've also got the same leg multi. This week, venue mode. So if you can get into a venue before the Friday night game, you bet on your team up to 50 bucks. Uh, Western Bulldogs versus Geelong. And every goal that your team kicks, you get a $2 bonus bet. So if they kick 10 goals, you get Ooh, a $20 bonus I bet like that. at the end of it. If you can get uh, Venue Mode activated I'll be there. looking tomorrow. <laughs> uh, Moneyball, we've got the four-leg multi-offer as well. as same-game multis there. But we've got the Dogs v Cats, Bont or Tomahawk. One of the first four goals. Max bet of $10, uh, $4 at it's paying there. So if you like one of those two to kick one of the first four goals, you can go on that. The other one is Demons versus Swans. And I did some uh, little bit of research on this one source. Petrarca or Mills for 30 disposals or more. Max better $25. It's paying two bucks. Okay, so it's even money. Now, Petrarca to get 30 plus disposals by himself is paying 210. So you think I'm losing 10 cents. I'm adding another player in Mills. You're wondering about Mills on Sportsbet. Mills is paying $2.40 to get 30-plus uh, disposals. So that's why they've put it down to two bucks because you're getting two players mm-hmm. for the price of one. Uh, so if you like that there. But what you can do is if you think that both of them are going to get close, you can put both of them for 25-plus disposals on Sportsbet, little same-game multi. It'll get you $1.88, uh, but they both have to get 25-plus. So depending where you want to go with that, you can stay away from it totally like I am, or you can... Uh, Wet your, wet your whistle over there like that. Uh, blue bet, we've got the 12 up, we've got the multi bonus, we've got the same game multi. And I, I don't know if I'm going to include these specials anymore, Source, because this special actually sucks, I think. Bailey Smith and Mitch Duncan to combine for 60 disposals, three bucks. Not a good price. Not a good price. I, I don't think they're going to combine for 60 plus. And even if they do, you'd want more juice than that. But on uh, Behind the Bound, one of our loser competition entrants as well, uh, in Owen, Owen Godfrey, he's put pickle bet on there for yeah, you. Hey, the pickle bet. So, 
He's put them all there in the, I was in the already thread to there. Go too. Look, already to go. He's he's got them all there. What a legend! Uh, so they're all there for you, ready to go. Uh, oh, and we don't. Oh, Pez, on Pez doesn't really like uh, pickle bet, but Sauce is in love with it, even though he hasn't placed a placed a bet on pickle bet. Round twelve might be the round. I've got I've got I've got some money in there sitting there waiting to go, Pez. Uh, you're not even going to go through them, but uh, uh, that's because they're they're pretty terrible actually. In terms <laughs> of them. Like they're pretty horrible. Go check them out. Uh, my favourite one, which is just I don't know why it's not paying ten bucks. Western Bulldogs to win and Aaron Norton to kick four goals. Well, both of those things aren't happening. So oh, of course, as as the Geelong <laughs> supporter, I think all the Western Bulldog supporters are keen to hear your thoughts as well, Sauce. But uh, Thanks, Godders, for putting that out there and uh, keep putting it out there each week because uh, we can have a laugh at Picklebet. We, we can have a bit of a laugh at Picklebet until Donut Bet gets going, Pez, but uh, until then we'll just have to work with what we've got. Let's speaking about work, Pez. <sighs> this is a bit of a work this weekend because there is a lot of great games um, and it's good, it's good for me to be able to focus on my full-time podcast career and my betting career because it's a tough round, I think. Starting off with a Friday night, one of the games of the round, Western Bulldogs taking on Geelong at Marvel Stadium. $1.75 versus Geelong, $2.08. Minus 7.5 is, uh, sorry, minus 2.5 is the line and the over-under, 168.5 pairs. No one cares about my thoughts because they know where I'm going. What are your thoughts? <laughs> we, we know uh, exactly what you're betting on and you you might be liking the value on, on Geelong here because Geelong started favourite source when I had a look at it at the start of the week and uh, the Bulldogs are firmed into favourites for whatever reason after a 100 point. 100-point win against West Coast. I'm not too sure. I think Marvel Stadium has a lot to do with it. Geelong just lost to St Kilda there recently, and the Bulldogs usually play that ground a lot better than the MCG. So uh, what I've done is I've gone to Ladbrokes. They've got a, a one refund per day for their same-game multi, and I actually can't pick a winner here. I don't know who I'm going to tip yet. The team's come out tomorrow night, yeah. Source. So what I've done is I've just gone my alternate handicaps and my overs bet. So I've gone Geelong plus 26.5. I don't think they'll lose by more than that. And the Bulldogs... Trying to trust them plus twenty five and a half. So, any team one to twenty five, uh, or the Bulldogs by twenty six, uh, that would be both of them with a win, and over one hundred and forty three point five gets me price boosted to odds of $2.02, and, two, and I put 25 on it. Yeah, I like that, Pez, and I think that's a really fair one. And I know that I was um, making a little bit of fun there before about how Geelong's the obvious choice because I'm a Geelong fan. I think in these sort of scenarios where it is a coin flip game and, and you know, we're waiting on the, the, the lists, looking at the injuries from last week, it doesn't seem like there's that much uh, difference in terms of what's going to change in terms of their list. You're right, Geelong uh, just had a loss to St Kilda there, um, but they were in control of the game for, for half of the game and it was you know, some coaching moves and the style of play that um, uh, St Kilda did that really dictated that game. The Western Bulldogs, this is the game that they need. They need to win this game because this will put, bring them really back and that true true contender back that they should be. Back in the pack be. for the top four exactly as well. Right. So big stakes for both teams. For me, if I'm being honest, I think the Western Bulldogs should win this game. I think that Geelong sitting at 11, you know, 11 games in, 7 and 4, they're the most underwhelming 7 and 4 team because they're beating up on, um, they've had some really terrible losses against like Hawthorne and, um, and the Saints. That was a really bad loss, uh, obviously, against a contender. But then they're beating up on some of those smaller teams, North Melbourne, Adelaide, Port Adelaide, and they've had the advantage of being at home as well. But you give me a 50 50 hit and one of those teams is sitting there at $2.08, of course I'm hitting that, Pez. You got to. All right, and it makes it a little bit better because it is the Geelong game. Uh, I am t- <laughs> no, but like in all fairness, though, Pez, if you've got a fifty-fifty game and you're not sure, well, then you normally go on the the over. Wouldn't that be correct? Or if you're Sauce and you you go for the Cats, it doesn't matter what they're paying any week. You you're jumping on. They're paying eight bucks. You you're on them. 
Uh, so I've jumped on the, the Marcus Bontepelli and Tom Hawkins to kick one of the first four goals. I think that when you've got a key forward like Hawkins, um, you know, and like last week I picked him to, to kick three and uh, he didn't and the other guy did. So this week he's surely going to get one of the first four against no, Cameron will get two of them, Norton of will get two will. of them and then yeah. go from but, there. But I put the $10.01 max stake on that one, Pez, for a nice little return. And I've also just gone with Blue Bet, Pez, um, Geelong, just head-to-head, 50 bucks, max bet, $2.05. They've got a little less value, but I do have the 12 up special. So if it repeats similar to... What happened in the Saints game? Oh, I don't mind that at all. We're generally a pretty good first half side. Um, I'd be a little bit worried in that second half. So that gives me um, just to be winning that halftime by 12. Yeah, and if you do like Bulldogs or Geelong head-to-head, Blue Bet's the way to go with that 12-point special. Lose a couple of cents on the on the bet, but it's worth it. If your team's up by 12, they could go on to lose and you still get paid out there. So the next game, there's only six of them this week, Source, uh, Adelaide versus the West Coast. <sighs> This is a toughie, Piz. Adelaide Oval is hosting this one. Adelaide versus West Coast. Adelaide will be looking to count um, to you know do what everyone else in the league is and beat up on the West Coast Eagles. A dollar eleven. The bookies have them. Six seventy outsiders are the Eagles. Minus thirty seven and a half. Quite a low line for a West uh, for an Eagles game, Piz. Dollar ninety, of course, as always, and one forty eight and a half, which is interesting for how low that is. One eighty eight is the total, Piz. I'll give her a spoiler alert. I don't have a bet in this game, but I do have something to talk about it after you've uh, gone through. Yeah, no dramas there. Um, when I've got a West Coast side here, and the, and the line is below forty, uh, the Adelaide Crows at home. I've been impressed with their effort. I know they lost by forty-two points last week against Geelong down there, but that was always expected. They haven't travelled down to uh, Alphabet Stadium very well over the years. So Adelaide Crows coming home in front of a big crowd. West Coast just don't look interested. They might, you know, kick a few goals here and there, but. They just don't look interested. They look too old. They look too slow. They're not linking up. They're not running back. And I think Adelaide take this one away. So I've gone a three-leg same-game multi with lads again because it's on the Saturday and I can still get a, a bonus back if one leg fails. I've gone the Crows alternate handicap minus two and a half. That was the uh, lowest one paying $1.10. And Adelaide Crows to lead every quarter. So a wire to wire there, about $1.58 by itself. And then the Adelaide Crows line, uh, minus 38 and a half. Those three together. $2.31, max stake of 50 Go the Crows. Go the Crows as well, Pez. And uh, it's a, exactly $1.58, Pez, because I didn't have a bet specifically in this game, but I've got a two-leg same-game multi across this one and the other rubbish one that's going on at the same time, uh, the Gold Coast and North Melbourne, Pez. I think both of those teams, Adelaide and the Gold Coast, teams that are sort of struggling to, to get a couple of wins, they're going to beat up on those terrible sides and they're not going to let the, um, the other teams have a chance. I've got them both to lead at every quarter. $1.58 for the Crows to do that. Gold Coast to do it, $1.48. You do separate bets of 25 on them pairs and you get a little return of like $37 and $39. You multi the two up on Neds and put the little uh, boost there, put the 50 on it, that returns $122 at $2.44. I think that goes down. I know that's not really normally the rules, but I thought this way I can sort of have a bit of a stab in both those games. It keeps me interested, but there wasn't enough value on its own. Yep, put them together and went from there. So the Gold Coast, very short price favourites against North Melbourne. I saw them at $1.09. They've come in, they've come in, eight now. And $8 for North Melbourne pairs at uh, the Gold Coast Fortress, which they're slowly building, as I've mentioned a couple of times. Minus 42.5 is the line. The over under 163.5. Pez, you know what I'm doing? What are you doing with yeah, this Yeah, well, we're looking like uh, TIO Stadium. I wasn't 100% sure if there was going to be a big win last week up in Darwin, but Gold Coast playing their back-to-back weeks. Uh, I, I like how it's the afternoon game because you're not going to get that night rain that you would get up there at Terrio Stadium. And what I've done is I've gone a, a different route. I, I was going to go the Gold Coast minus, you know, 44 and a half or whatever it is, but 
I thought that line might might be a little bit too big, and if North can show something and get within that line, but I'm not going to bet on the North line either because I don't believe they are going to do it. But I've just gone a single bet, no specials, no anything. Bet three six five. Uh, the total points for the home side, Gold Coast Sun. The total sits at one hundred and two point five. I've gone Gold Coast to get over that a dollar ninety one max fifty. Uh, if so, if Gold Coast score one hundred and three or more source just by themselves, uh, that's a win. Nice, nice, very uh, very traditional of you, Pez, with a three-leg same-game multi-alternate, this alternate, that. A little bit of your uh, trademark calling card there. But let's let's get on to the next game, Pez. This will be a cracker for a Saturday night. 7.25 start at the MCG. Melbourne taking on the Sydney. Both teams both teams have been a little bit disappointing in the last two weeks. Uh, Melbourne obviously having their first loss in the last 18. And uh, Sydney, uh, really, really uh, rough first starting uh, for, the, for the half. First quarter starts, Pez. And uh, finding themselves in holes back-to-back weeks. So... Hopefully they can uh, make a test to this and uh, make it a good game. $1.23 favourites are the Ds. Outsiders, $4.20 are the Swans. Minus 23.5 is the line. Over, under, 153.5. Pez? Mate, uh, I think uh, you've said Sydney have been poor in the first quarters and Melbourne, uh, last week as well, they were decent. They've been really, really good. They've held teams goalless as well. So that's uh, a bit of a problem for Sydney. We'll see the health and the status of a few Melbourne players coming back. Petrarca will want to... You know, get bounce some back. disposals and bounce back a little bit. I'm I'm steering clear at the moment. I'll, I'll have a bit of a look around on Saturday, but uh, I am looking forward to having a, a big geese on this game. Yeah, and uh, Pez, I had a really, really long geese in this game, and uh, it was tough. It was tough trying to find anything for this round that was cheeky, especially doing this on a Wednesday night, looking at some of those games where there's value, trying to stretch it out for a cheeky. And uh, I found one in this game, Pez. You're going to love this. Cheeky. Because I I hate it. <laughs> I don't That's love it first. at all. I'm looking through it, it and uh, this is probably, I said to you with the pre-show, it's probably the worst bet I've ever put down and I'm letting the viewers know, Pez, because I'm not confident if in it If Source thinks this is his worst bet, it's jump on board. <laughs> so I've gone a three-league same-game multi in the Melbourne game. Um, Sam Reed to kick a goal. Good, good little money, that one. Yep. In the first quarter. Um, so, so that's uh, sitting there at about four bucks on its own. But I think with Buddy Franklin's absence and, you know, May not in there, they'll be able to have a taller target there. So there's a little bit of... A little bit, a little of, bit um, of thought to it. Thought to the madness, Pez. And then I've gone Melbourne. As you said, they're not a very... They're very good, sorry, at starting the first half and specifically the first quarter. But because I want Sam Reed to kick a goal in the first quarter, I haven't put that in there. I've put a second quarter only line of minus five and a half. I think that's when they sort of... Uh, they jump out a little bit. They're still controlling the game. But Sydney have been poor. So you want it to be 6-0 six, six in the first quarter with Sam, Sam Reid kicking Reed the goal. And, and then, then two goals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then my last leg, Pez, has been Sydney the last two weeks. They've been very good in the last quarter. Okay. And uh, I've gone their line, plus 6.5. So hopefully Melbourne have blown them out and then they uh, put the cues in the rack and Sydney start to claw back and get a couple of cheekies. That gives me $11.50 odds, Pez. And as I said, I, I don't love the bet because it's I want this in this half and I want this in this half and I'm cheering for different sides in different quarters. But it uh, put the cheeky 10 on that one. Look, if I'm being honest, I, I do like the structure of the bet. And, uh, it's actually one of, one of the better bets you've, you've done in, in my eyes. So uh, we go from there and move on to Hawthorne and Collingwood. Yeah, this is a really interesting clash, Pez. This is at the G on the Sunday. Hawthorne taking on Collingwood. 267 outsiders are the Hawks. $1.48 favourites are the Pies. Minus 12.5 with a line, which I think is quite small. And the over-under, 168.5. Pez, Collingwood after that big win, surely they're a lot, lot uh, smaller favourites. Yeah, well, they beat Fremantle over there, and then now they beat Carlton, who were going to be in the top four if Carlton had got and up last Fre- week. Fremantle beat uh, Melbourne, so they have to be flag favourites. You'd, you'd think so, and they'll they'll get a lot of uh, lot of fans there, the Collingwood fans <laughs> this will. week. Uh, but I, 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the line. I'm not sure about the overs. It was sitting at 170 when I was looking at my bets earlier this afternoon, Sauce, and I just uh, I do not know. I need to see the teams. If Mason Cox plays, I might like Hawthorne's plus line a little bit. We'll... Um, We'll have to wait and see, but I'm steering clear. Yeah, I'm steering clear in terms of bets in this game, but I have used Collingwood in my multi because I think that is uh, a little bit too high for them to be um, short for us at $1.48. I think it should be sitting closer to about the $1.20, $1.30 mark after the performance of both teams over the last couple of weeks. Going to the last game, Pez, at our favourite stadium, SBS Stadium. Why well, is it our second stadium, favourite stadium now with Alphabet Stadium? No, we don't like Alphabet. No, we love it. <laughs> SBS Stadium, Frio taking on Brisbane. This is going to be an absolute cracker. $1.68 are the Dockers after their impressive win over the Ds. 2.19 outsiders are Brisbane after their slow start against the Giants. Minus 6.5 is the line over under 162.5. Pez, what are you playing? Oh, I like this game. And uh, Fremantle, shout out to them as well, sitting third on the ladder, but 131%. And Fremantle aren't known for their scoring prowess, so they're only 8% behind the Brisbane Lions. But here, uh, I think it's a, I think Brisbane bounced back a little bit. I think Fremantle are going home with a big expectation now and they think they might just have a win. Brisbane aren't a walk in the park. They're not a walkover side. I don't think they've got any you know, major injuries. Hipwood came back and, and kicked a goal last week. He continues to go. They played at home. They travel across. I think they'll travel together as a group and I think they'll come out and get this win uh, at $2.15. So I'll put a three-leg uh, same-game multi together here. I've put over 139.5 points uh, where Fremantle games are historically lower, uh, especially over at home. Brisbane... Alternate handicap source, minus 21.5. So I think they're going to have a four-plus goal win here. And under 194 total points for a total odds of $7. Cheeky. Which is cheeky. That it's, is cheeky. That's very cheeky there. That is very cheeky. And uh, I'll, I'll put 25 on it, not the not the minimum 10. So oh, one unit. Uh, let's, go, let's go to the Brisbane Lions. Yeah, totally all with you, Pez. Uh, I think that what was really telling in this game, if this was at the Gabba, the prices be reversed. Uh, Brisbane probably be even a little bit more heavier favourites. They probably sit in about the dollar fifty mark. If we're only determining factor is the venue, just like I said in the Geelong game, it's a fifty fifty uh the you know fifty fifty swing. You go with the outsider. I've gone Brisbane two fifteen with my bonus bet pairs, and and I agree. I think that. They are not a walk in the park. They have more things around the ground. And Fremantle's big um, tendency is obviously their defence. Brisbane, we've spoken about this for three years now. They can score from anywhere and they can score fast and quick. And they've got so many different weapons. And the f- uh, the form that um, Neil is in, he's looking for a second Brownlow this year, Pez, the way he is, making the right choice, uh, staying with the Lions and not going with the hometown Dockers. So, Oh, wow. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be a story this week, um, playing at Fremantle if Lockie Neal was there? But... Uh, both on the lines, so I'm a little bit nervous now that you are with me, but uh, we will wait and see. We will wait and see, Pairs. All right, on to the multis for the round, Pairs. I've gone Geelong, Adelaide and Collingwood at 351, max stake on that one. All right, I've gone four folds here. I couldn't find a tab three-plus leg same gamer. I've gone $25 on this. I've gone Adelaide, minus 38.5 source. I've gone my Gold Coast bet, over 102.5 points. I've gone Melbourne, just an outright win uh, with the early payout option there. And Brisbane at the line, plus five and a half. Those four together, $8.70 odds, $25 on it. Cheeky! Oh, it could be cheeky if you want it to be. Yeah, everyone knows that Pez pushed that button, by the way. <laughs> you, you love pushing about seven times a game. All right, Pez, uh, any got any more donut talk or you got any uh, anything else you want to you wanna say before we wrap things up on a Wednesday night? Donuts are gone, holes are plugged. Uh, oh, nice. I'm Pez, peace out. I'm still sauce. We'll catch up next time. And as always, if you're having a bet, make sure it's responsible.